I'm so thankful I was adopted. I found out later that my birth mom was actually married and she was actually separated from her husband getting a divorce when she has a one night scene with my birth father. My counselor told me most kids that are adopted have an immediate rejection issue, but that's the root of it, but the fruit of that rejection can be manifested in all kinds of ways. Mine just happened to be in the arena of sexual um, promiscuity. And I think sometimes we hear like sexual abuse, we think it's violent. I was never violently ever messed with, but it was the, the sleepovers, the the girls, you know, we play house. The So it wasn't just about boys, it was guys and girls that molested me over the years. And so we're just out there, well, I made this mess, I gotta fix it. God meets you in those messes too. I thought I lost it all. I thought I would never, ever, ever do anything for the Lord again. And the Lord has obviously, over the past, what, 15 years completely proved me wrong, you know. But in that, I also it was the heart, one of the hardest years, but I also it was one of the most beautiful because I really grew in my relationship with the Lord. Um, many, many nights were spent crying myself to sleep, waking up, still crying. Um, but I think in that moment, in that 10 months was when I was the closest to the Lord I ever had been. And that's when God birthed, you know, the ministry of True Image. So it was in that moment that I went back to my room is when God spoke true image and the message of true image. And so out of the brokenness, out of the mess, you hear it said, you hear it preached, taught, out of the mess, God literally birthed the message. And I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's like when you can't go forward or back and you can't go left or right, you get on your knees and just surrender and worship me. Hey, my name is Lindsay Bussey. I am Leanne's sister. Um, I am a wife, a mom, a pastor, an author, a podcaster, a preacher chick, and a boss babe. And this is my get up story. Well, hey, girl, welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe to toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl, it's time to get up. I am 34 years old, just had a birthday, and I come from a pastor's home um, of three kids. All three of us are actually adopted, all different moms, different backstories. Um, but grow, growing up as a pastor's kid, I was around the things of God my entire life. I was exposed to the presence of God. And so even growing up, like I still get made fun of sometimes by my husband because all I listen to is Christian music. That was it. <laughs> and so like Point of Grace, Out of Eden. Oh, Point like, of Grace. Girl, like for real. And so I just, I and I back. wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like anti-secular music because there were mm-hmm. some, I mean, I heard some songs. I was like, oh, I kind of like that song. But I was just never like into the whole secular music um, arena. And so... But I um I loved I loved the house of God. I loved coming to church. I was always wanting to go to meetings with my dad, um, going to other churches to minister. I went to on several mission trips growing up. And so I just knew 
I just knew at 11 years old, which sounds crazy because wow. I talked to other 11 year olds are like, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. But I mean, at 11 years old, I mean, I went to New York. We evangelized the streets of, Har- of Harlem. And I was like, this is life. I could do wow. this for the rest of my life. Um, and so I just, I pl- plugged into my youth group. I was on the worship team, dance team, drama team, every team I could get my hands on. I served my children's pastors, my youth pastors. I did whatever I could do. Um, but because of the adoption um, story, which I'm so thankful I was adopted, I found out later that my birth mom was actually married and she was actually separated from her husband getting a divorce when she has a one night scene with my birth father. So I thought that was interesting. And so when when did you, how old were you when you found that out? I was probably early twenties, maybe. Oh, so you were like adult. Yeah, I was adult, maybe late teens. I think it was more early twenties though. Um, my mom and dad, they had a little bit of paperwork on my story, but I didn't know who she was or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. So from the moment that I found out I was adopted, there was always a sense, and I'll get to this later, but I went, had to go to counseling, um, twice. And the first time I really dealt with a lot of my sexual issues that, um, were a, a thing of rejection and a thing of molestation and all kind of things. And so my counselor told me most kids that are adopted have an immediate rejection issue, hmm. but that's the root of it. But the fruit of that rejection can be manifested in all kinds of ways. Mine just happened to be in the arena of sexual um, promiscuity and issues with that. So getting to where I am now, I mean, the Lord's obviously done a tremendous work. Hmm. And, um, and so I think as far as how I had to fight through to get to where I am, it took counseling. It took being honest about why. Like, why was I always so sensual, sensual growing up? Why was I always, like, wanting to be in a relationship? Why was every relationship having to be physical? Like, all those things. And so when I went to counseling as, like, a 20-year-old, I found out, oh, <laughs> this is why, yeah. you know, I have all those things. So I was thankful for that season of counseling. But in that came up the molestation. And that came up... Um, and I think sometimes we hear like sexual abuse, we think it's violent. I was never yeah. violently ever messed with, but it was the the sleepovers, the the girls, you know, we play yeah. house, the so it wasn't just about boys, it was guys and girls that molested me over the mm. years. And so just always knowing, I mean, as early as I can remember being four or five, like certain houses I just remember like didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. but it happened and so you don't tell anybody right and so um that led me growing up always feeling dirty which again then because I was like ooh, let me just go be sensual in my nature like no it was seeds and that gross feeling and most girls I talk to when they've had experienced that today oh my gosh I know that feeling of just yeah you feel dirty all the time you just you just feel icky um, and so when I went through the counseling a lot of that was healed a lot of that the shame all of that was broken off of me. But at that point, I was 20, um, 19 to 20 when I went to counseling. And so I took on the youth ministry at 18. Um, we had a guy that was Gosh, on staff at the time. that's so young. <laughs> I know, right? And people can look on the outside and think, man, you know, Pastor Sam and Becky, like they forced that. I beg them. Yeah. Like I've been in this for so long. Well, And it was like what you knew you wanted to yes, do. Yes, and I'm like, I want to be in ministry. Like what yeah. better way than, than serve the youth? And so... As soon as I took it on, I was in a relationship that just got really toxic really quickly, which led to me losing my virginity. 
And the way my dad works as a pastor, as a boss, as a man of God, um, mm-hmm. is that if you're on staff and you mess up, but you come clean, he's going to sit you down, but he's going to work with you. Um, but if he comes to you and you lie about it, that's like a whole other thing. Yeah. And so he was actually out the country, um, and I went to my mom's house and I told her, um, and me and this guy, it wasn't all the time. It literally happened a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And I love the Lord, but I just, because of my insane insecurity and so, so terrified and fearful of rejection, um, we never talked about having sex. It just happened. Yeah. And I was like the purity girl. Like I stood for purity. Yeah. I was about purity. So it was like, I swore to the Lord. I promised to the Lord. My parents, like the only thing I'll do is kiss. Like I just will never have sex before I'm married. So when that happened, obviously all of that, you know, came back to haunt me. Um, but because I came clean, I told my parent, I told my mom, dad was in Africa Dad calls my mom the next morning and was like, what's going on with Lindsay? Mom told her. He goes, yeah, the Holy Spirit already told me. Wow. Holy Spirit, you can't hide from him. Yeah. <laughs> and so dad came home. Of course, I was really repentant. I was sorry, like broken over the whole situation. Yeah. And so dad's like, well, listen, we're going to pray, but this needs to be cut off, you know. Um, and he sought counsel with a woman named Nancy Alcorn, who's founder of Mercy. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, she, he, she did not feel that it was okay, this is not the need to go to mercy <laughs> type right. thing. Um, but a couple months later, it happened again. And so dad was like, no, ma'am, out you go. You can still come to church, but I need you to let go to counseling. And so that's when Nancy really kind of walked him through mm-hmm. the process. And that's when I found out about soul ties because yeah. I knew that this relationship, it wasn't godly, it wasn't, it wasn't right, but because there were soul ties, I couldn't break it off. And so when I went to counseling the first time, that's when I really understood about soul ties and I understood about just how all those things, you know it's wrong, but until you get the help that you need, and it's not this like these weird chants that you pray or you say or you fast. It was like, Lord, I just break the soul tie with whoever you say their name in the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. blood of Jesus, and you move on. So to be able to do that and then forgive all those other people in the past, forgive yeah. myself. So that was like, I feel like my my healing of the sexual, the sexual kind of. Yeah. Case. And how, how long, like, what was that breakup process like? It was awful because I felt bad for him because he w- went completely the opposite way mm-hmm. and like made really bad choices. And so I took the blame for that. Yeah. And I want, I didn't, I knew we weren't supposed to be together. I knew that the Lord showed me things and I knew it wasn't, but it still hurt because I was like, man, like I'm hurting. He's hurting. I'm staying as close to Jesus as I can. And he just went the opposite way. Um, and then he got immediately got with another girl. She got pregnant and it was just like, that could have been me, you know, like yeah. that could have been. So that was not easy, but I think some girls, when they get involved in sexual relationships, they just jump from guy to guy, guy to guy, guy to guy, because they're not taking time yeah, to really heal from that. And so you're bringing all that junk in to all these relationships, you know? And so yeah. it was a hard time. And where did you meet him? Church. It, so he was yeah. a member he of the church. He was a member of the church, yeah. And then, Family and everything. Wow. So yeah. when y'all were going through that breakup process, 
did he, well, I know you said he went the opposite direction eventually, but did he stay in the church for a little bit? No, he left the church, his family, understandably. I mean, where was I going to (laughs) go, you know? Um, But they went to another church and I believe that that they got healing and got some stuff that they needed. But the good news is I have heard that he has gotten married and they had, he has a really great, early great marriage. And last I heard, which has been a few years, but he's doing really, really well. So I'm very thankful. That's good. Yeah. I'm very, very thankful. Um, but he just wasn't, he just wasn't what God had for me. And I think a lot of girls make that mistake of, well, already had sex with him or I'm carrying his child. And we Mm -hmm. just think, Oh, well, this must be it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And we don't really, and we just make all these rash decisions without seeking godly counsel, without seeking help. And so we're just out there, well, I made this mess. I got to fix it. God meets you in those messes too. Yeah. You know, and so I just want girls to know that even if you've compromised or you've done things like, nope, you know, and I hear other people's stories like, mine's nothing compared to what other people have gone through. But it is my story. And yeah. it is something that I thought I lost it all. I thought I would never, ever, ever do anything for the Lord again. And the Lord has obviously over the past what, yeah. 15 years completely proved me wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So, so when y'all were going through this breakup process, you were 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what happened after finally you, you broke the well, soul tie, you cut it, it off. Yeah. So I had to step out of the ministry because okay. my dad was like, all right, first time we prayed, but there's more issues there. So I was actually, I was still involved with the students, but I was not allowed to minister for like 10 months. How'd you handle that? It was, it was the hardest 10 months of my life because people knew. Yeah. People whispered. Um, some people were very bold and said stuff. <laughs> some girls that I was friends with who were doing worse stuff than I was doing, their parents who I thought would be there for me crucified me Mm. and I never exposed their daughters because I'm not going to do that and so I think that was really hard I think I really began to resent people in my church because in that 10 months not one woman in the house came up to me and said I see you're struggling let me help you or can I pray for you or like it was it was met with so many whispers so coming in my own home if you would my own house my own church and knowing I'm struggling, but knowing people knew, and maybe people didn't know what to say. I don't know. But there was, in that 10 months, it was, I had to swallow every bit of pride because I, I found out that my dad was going to send me to a church in Oklahoma um, to just kind of get restoration there. Yeah. And I was like, that would have been great. <laughs> but when he talked to Nancy, and this was, I mean, they're, these couples are like family to me, but Nancy just was like, you know, that would be easy for Lindsay to do that, mm-hmm. to, 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 to move, to go, to, to not be faced with it. But she felt like in order for me to really get what I needed, her advice to my dad was she needs to face it head on and she needs to face it in her home. Because mm. if she can face it in her home where everyone knows, yeah. then she'll be able to face it anywhere. Yeah. Now, at the time, I really resented that because of the shame and the embarrassment. I wanted to go away. Um, and sometimes I think, oh, what would have been like if I would have moved? But it was hard, but I know it built in me the character to own what I did as a 19, 19 yeah. year old. Um, and it just helped me have a lot more compassion 
towards church girls, you know? Yeah. And what did your, because you were the youth pastor, so Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had a lot of girls in the youth group that looked up to you and Mm -hmm. that you mentored. So how did... I How wasn't did that able go? to say anything. Yeah. Now I had a couple of girls write me letters and were like, I heard what happened. I love you, but I just can't be a part of the youth ministry, which I, I respected that. Um, but I think because I was still back there and because it wasn't, the youth ministry wasn't built on me. Yeah. There was, there was a team of people back there. The ministry time still went on and mm-hmm. I was still able to be back there, but I had no, I could not minister to girls. I mean, I could hug them. And yeah. talk to him, but I, I just was told like you can, which was hard. Yeah, I'm like take me out altogether, but that's just you know not what he felt like I needed to do um, because I was really broken and I was truly repentant, and so he just didn't strip everything. Mm-hmm. But um, had my attitude or had my heart been in a different place, I think it would it wouldn't have been that way. Yeah. So in those ten months where you had to sit out from ministry. What went on in those 10 months for um, you? For me personally, there was a lot of tears. Um, there was a lot of why, but it was really a year of healing, a 10 months of healing because I, like I said, I was in counseling. I went to counseling for the first maybe four or five months, twice a week, mm-hmm. and then it wound up being once a week. Um, but I had a lot of homework. I mean, I had a lot of... Um, book assignments, I had a lot of reading assignments, and I just, I had a lot of healing from, because it wasn't just from the sexual relationship I had with that guy, it was also, I had a lot of other things of rejection and just healing from all of that past stuff, um, but in that, I also, it was the hard, one of the hardest years, but I also was one of the most beautiful, because I really grew in my relationship with the Lord, um, Many, many nights were spent crying myself to sleep, waking up, still crying. Um, but I think in that moment, in that 10 months was when I was the closest to the Lord I ever have been. And that's when God birthed, you know, the ministry of True Image. Because in those yeah. 10 months, I had women at the church um, crucify me, say, you know, you're trying to help my daughter and here you are, you know, um, being some kind of way and living this way and just... I remember I had a really, really ugly email that was so hateful from Gosh. a mom of one of my daughter from one of the girls I was helping. And um, when I got that, I mean, because I'm, I'm at the tail end of it, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was at the tail end of it, but my counseling was coming to a close. I felt like things were, I was past that and I didn't look at myself like as a disgusting human being anymore yeah um and so when she sent me that email it, I remember being in the kitchen and read it to my mom it just broke me because I'm like yeah I made a mistake but I I still loved your daughter and what I said and how I lived like I still wanted that pure life it was like I made a mistake yeah and it's, you know um anyway so it was in that moment that I went back to my room is when God spoke to your image and the message of your image and so out of the brokenness out of the mess you hear it said you hear it preached taught out of the mess, God literally birthed the message. Uh, yeah. Here I am, what, 14, 15 years later, you know, yeah. still doing True Image. So Yeah, so I want to talk about True Image. So yes. what like, what was that process like? So True Image, um, it was just me kind of knowing and finding out who I was in the Lord. And our, our pillars of True Image are finding who you are, finding your purpose, walking in your purpose, and helping others walk in theirs. So when I got back to being involved with the girls spiritually, um, we just had small groups and I'm like, what are some issues you guys are having? I know what I obviously recently yeah. walked through 
And it was the same stuff, you know, being godly. What does that really look like? You know, how do you live a pure life when your culture is so non-pure? You know, like all those things. Yeah. And so it just came from worksheets. And for years, me and the, the women who were back there, because they saw, okay, Lindsay is like, who is this person? Because I went from being, yeah, I love the Lord. But there, out of that season, there was this whole other side of me that was coming out, which was the glory of the Lord being shown in the midst of all that junk. <laughs> um but for real, and they they recognized that. And so the ladies would rally around me, well, hey, how can we help? How can we? So we did Women of the Bible series. Mm-hmm. We did the image series, which was, you know, identity, model, authentic, godly, extraordinary. And over the years, God's just continued to give me acronyms for what that looks like. So there mm-hmm. are two books now that are out yeah. that I wrote. Um, and they're workbook style. Because I know for me as a, as a youth, my youth pastor would say, hey, go read your Bible. And you're like, what do I read? Like, I don't, I don't know right. what to read. So I did this study. So it, it's very interactive. You read a chapter. Um, it asks you questions. How do you feel? What do you think about this? What does the scripture say? And how does it mm-hmm. apply to you? And just really helps the Bible come alive more to you. So that was the thought behind those books being written. Um, and then we just uh, published a Spanish one. Oh, so I'm really so excited exciting. about that one. Um, but that's it. But it started off years in worksheets years in worksheets um and then we would do once a year conferences and for 10 years it was just students because I was a student pastor for 10 years and then over the past four years five years I guess or going on five five will be next year um out of that it came now it's women of all ages and Mm -hmm. so we just recently had a conference and it's just it's really mind-blowing to see how I thought God would never use me again because I thought I compromised, I lost everything. But because my heart was truly broken, truly repentant, I submitted to the authority that God had in my life. You know, I cut all ties with yeah. unhealthy relationships. I did the work. I think people think, oh, I get prayed for. My problems are over. You've got to put in the work. You've got to say no to those phone calls. You've got to say no to those habits. You've got to, yes, there are spiritual things, but there's natural things you have to do too just to keep yourself, you know, from going down that road. So... I don't know what all God's going to do in True Image. Um, I'm a full-time life group pastor at our campus mm-hmm. now. So right now, True Image, it's only just it's only once a year conferences. In my heart, there are so many other things I desire, but I don't think it's the time. So I'm just focusing on what's in front of me, doing life groups, discipleship, and being a wife and a mom. Yeah, that's exciting. And I, I mean, I've come to the conference the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year was the first time I was able to like stay through everything. the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really exciting. Um, and it was cool to see the generations of women in yes. the room. Yeah. Um, and they're on the second day of the conference, I sat on the very back row and it was really cool to like look across and see, I mean, teenagers, like yep. middle schoolers there mm-hmm. all the way up to women, like in their seventies yeah, and eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, it's really cool what God's done, yeah. you know, and obviously I came into the picture. Well, after all that. Late, way <laughs> yeah. late. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's really exciting. So um, I, I want to circle back to um, the kind of beginning of your story mm-hmm. with um, the abuse yep. and molestation mm-hmm. in your childhood. Mm-hmm. And you said your earliest memory goes back to like four or five yep. years old. Mm-hmm. How long did that last in your life? Oh, gosh. Um, probably till I was about 11. Oh, wow. And what was that experience like when you've, because, and, and oh, I can just go ahead and ask you this yeah. now. One of my questions for the end was, mm-hmm. what is some advice you would give to a young girl or, or yeah. woman mm-hmm. 
who has experienced that. Yeah. Um, because I know you said it's like you you knew something was off, like it, yep. d- it wasn't right, but you didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So what was that saying something point for you? Um, I never said. Oh, okay. I never, I never told anybody what was happening. Um, because in my mind, I, th- I thought that was normal because whoever, wh- whatever friend's house I went to, it happened. And so it was just in my really weird little mind, it was just like, this is normal. This is just what happens. Yeah. yeah. But as I got older and like I said, because, and I would, like, I never got into pornography. I mean, I, when, when I broke up with that guy, had I not been with Jesus, I could have gotten into some serious dark stuff. Yeah. Had I not have had I not had that exposure to the presence of God and that that feeling of pureness and wholeness, like I could have gone a whole down a whole other path, but I never told anybody mm-hmm. until I went to counseling. So up wow. until nineteen You had like, just held that in. I held it in. So from about, yeah, four or five to about 10 or 11 years old. So what, five, six years? And some women, I mean, they're holding on to it still and it's still affecting them. And I talk to girls now that they deal with, and I sure that in one of my podcasts I did um, not too long ago, but those sexual things cause me to like have a struggle with masturbation. You mm-hmm. know, it's just things in your body are awakened at such a young age that it's just like, this is normal, but it's not normal. And it kept me in bondage. It kept me... Um, having a really skewed perspective on on sex, and I'm so thankful I got all that crap together before I got married. Mm-hmm. I was just um, about to ask you about that because that was that would have been something. And I remember because I love making out; like that's one of my hobbies is to make out with my <laughs> husband. He's such a great kisser. But um, wait, still as you're married, you love to make oh out? Oh my god, yes, really, yes, not all the time because you're like eh, whatever. Because we work together too, so sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been around you too much. <laughs> But there are times, like, especially when he has, like, a fresh haircut, I'm like, okay, let's go make out after Oliver goes to bed. Um, but when we were dating, oh, that makes because I just I just messed up with this other person, you know, a few years earlier, of like, I'm not messing this up. Yeah. So me and Paul were like, hands off. We're not going to do anything. But I love making out. And so there was one, and I knew, like, we're not having sex, <laughs> but I'm going to, like, make out with your face because why not? Um, but I remember one time I was like going hard, like you just make out and Paul like stopped me <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just really turned on. I just want to make out. I was like, no, ma'am. So he stopped oh, me mid make out yeah. and was like, ma'am, chill out. And he, and he stopped me and it had to be the Holy Spirit because no, most guys would not do this. Sure. But he said, why do you feel like you have to make out with me all the time? And I just looked at him like, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. He said, Lindsay, I'm not leaving until you tell me why. Why do you feel the need? And after like not much long, not a long time of like doing some like for real soul, search, soul searching really uh-huh. quickly, I was like, um, because I feel like if I don't make out with you, you're not going to want to be with me anymore. Oh. And that was when he was like, okay, ma'am, I'm going to prove to you yeah. that's not what this relationship is on. And from that day forward until we got married... It was hardly any makeout. Wow. Like, for real. And it's like, I was so embarrassed, but I fell in love with him that time. At that yeah. moment, I was like, you are a legit man of God. Yeah. Like, no guys, most guys wouldn't tell their girls that. You yeah. Know? It's like, okay, yeah. you, okay, let's go. Right. Um, but I was just so thankful. So that to say that um, 
having that time of, of actually getting it out. And I remember being in counseling when I had to go back to where it started. I was at a, a little school um, and I remember going to the bathroom and these girls would, as I'm using the toilet mm-hmm. at five years old, I remember these girls like coming under the stall to like mess with me. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. So I remember oh. when I got my healing, the, the Lord brought me back when I was in counseling. This was the longest session I ever had, ever had since then. I had to go back to where it started and I didn't want to. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I was five and six years old. Like, come on. Like, right. who does at, that? Yeah. But it was at that school that God showed me a vision of me as a little girl because I had really, really curly hair. And I had little pigtails in my hair. Mm-hmm. And Jesus put, it was Jesus, and he was dipping me in this old-timey, like, wash tub. And when he pulled me, like, he was bathing me because my, my root issue was rejection. So the opposite of that is acceptance. Yeah. So he put me in this tub, was washing me. And when he pulled me out, he put a, um, a towel around me. And, um, and the word acceptance was on my back in red. Mm-hmm. And that was my healing moment that... Not that God caused those things to happen in me, but people are gross, people are human, whatever. But I thought it was so sweet of him. As painful as I didn't want to go back to those images, because once I went back there, I was able to deal with everything else. Yeah. Because that's where it started. And we have to find the root of those things. And so when I went back to that moment, that's when I realized, God, you knew I would do all these stupid things, but yet you still love me and you still accepted me. Even though these things were done to me, then as I got older, I lashed out and did these things to people um, that that the Lord still loved me, you know, and showed mm-hmm. me that. So anyway, so I think that's where that, that's where that healing, you know, took place, but it yeah. did not come out until I was in counseling. And, and obviously, I mean, now your parents, I know it's a part of your testimony. Now oh, yeah. I've heard My you tell. My parents know, and, and yeah. they, they didn't, they, they didn't want to know everybody. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, when I was able to tell them, mm-hmm. they were like, we knew something, but even they couldn't pinpoint it. Now that I'm a yeah. mom, I'm like, okay, you're not going, because they were very particular on whose houses I went to. They yeah. were always that way. Um, and I'm very thankful because I had I gone to other people's houses, it, I think things could have gotten a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so my but my advice would be, it's such a taboo thing when it comes to that, and you already feel some kind of way anyway. Is, I mean, you could reach out to me. I mean, yeah, you know, I can pray with you or just love on you or whatever. But I think it's really important to find somebody because if those things aren't dealt with, yeah it is going to manifest in your relationships. It will manifest in your marriage. It will manifest when you become a mom. And so um, anything that needs to be dealt with, I've always been the type, and I don't I, I don't say this in any kind of arrogance, it's just the truth. I've always been willing to deal with my crap. Yeah. How, however ugly, however painful, I don't want anything to stay in the way of what God wants to do. And if that means me dealing with myself, if that means me dealing with people in a certain way, like I just want to live a free life and I don't want to, because I was in bondage for so long. Yeah. You've experienced the other side. Yes. Once you experience freedom, you want other people's, other people to have that too. Yeah. So when, and so let's go back to you and Paul, Mm -hmm. because Paul, let's, let's give a little history. Yeah. So you're married to Paul, yes. who is the middle brother. I'm yes. married to Philip, who is the baby, the baby brother. brother yes. And then there's an older brother, Joe, yes. who's in Texas. Yes. Um, so 
Paul and Philip's family have grown up here yeah. mm-hmm. in this church. So yeah. you've grown up with... Grown up with Paul. And Paul Paul saw me go through all of that. So I was going to ask, so when you and Paul finally got together in the sense of like, oh, I, I yeah. like you. Do mm-hmm. you like me? Like, he already knew. He knew all of that. And as we grew closer and I, we realized, okay, this isn't just some little dating thing. Like, we really care for each other. We had those conversations. And I remember being so terrified because it wasn't just that one. There were so many other things I'm like... All right, if I want to marry him, I want him to know everything. And if yeah. he still wants me, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but I just really felt one night um, when we were talking, I was like, hey, I just, you know, you know kind of what I've been through, but I just, I want to get it all out on the table. Just, I don't want there to be any surprises. Or if I if I act a certain way or I think, a, like, I just, this yeah. is why. Because some of that, even in our relationship, I was still walking through my healing too. Yeah. And so um, I remember when I told him everything. Oh, my God, my heart was beating so fast. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's not going to want me. He was like, Anne, mm. like I poured out my heart and all the ugliness and the gross things. And he said, and I'm like, and what? Like, you have nothing to say? He goes, why? Yeah. Like, that's not you anymore. Yeah. And I was like, what? That's how you're going to say it? Say what? <laughs> but to me, I just think the Lord used him as a beautiful picture, which I yeah. already knew how Jesus felt, but to have who is now my husband and still continues to to believe the best of me and challenges yeah. me. And just is like, that's not, that's not you. So I think having, you know, having him as my husband has just been one of God's greatest gifts because he knows all of that. Mm-hmm. And he knew all the people, well, most of them, um, and that he still wanted to be with me. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. I must not be that bad off, you know, because <laughs> there's still people in marriages like they their 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 spouse doesn't know. Yeah. And there, as time's gone on, things have come up. Things have some have gotten divorced. Some have stayed together, but it's been really really difficult. So I would just say, you know, if you're going through things, go to counseling. I think counseling is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really really yeah. do. Um, and then just if you're married. If you have to have a third person in there with you, you just I just don't want to keep anything from my husband ever. Yeah. So how old were you and Paul when y'all started actually dating? Okay, we just celebrated our six years on in January. So we've been together for, we'll be together, we would have been together for 10 years this October because we were off and on dating for three years. Mm-hmm. So this October, October 2020 would have been 10 years. At a mutual friend's wedding was where it started. Oh, that's right. I've read all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so y'all's dating history was a little... Oh, girl, it was awful. Tumultuous? Because first off, <laughs> I thought I'd marry a black guy, and I married the furthest thing from that. You married the whitest of the white. Girl, for real. Huh. Um, it was so awful because he was not from a ministry family. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated all kind of guys, and I dated a lot of guys that were in ministry, and I'm like, ew, this is not going to work. Right. So I was just... Like I said, at the mutual friend's wedding, and we just hit it off. Um, but my parents, mainly my parents, and we've talked about it, but my parents were not for it. They let me know very well how they weren't for it because mm-hmm. it wasn't what they thought, what they expected. I'm thinking this wasn't what anybody expected. Right. So I say this in all seriousness, that it was three years from hell. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister got married in those three years. My brother got married in those three years. And I was so angry. So that was like a whole other, I didn't go to counseling then, I should have, but there was a whole other thing then I had to deal with. Like, why mm-hmm. do they get an easy pass and I'm struggling for my life because this isn't an approved relationship? But 
we've talked and looking back at it now, I mean, I see why my parents were concerned because Mm -hmm. their biggest concern was me marrying the wrong person. And they can vouch to you to this day. He's the perfect person for me. But no, it was not, it was not easy. And some people think, oh, well, if it's that hellacious, then you're not supposed to be together. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm thinking, well, if you're living in sin and you're being dumb and you're not honoring and you're not, <laughs> maybe so, but we did everything we knew right to do. Yeah. But I also saw that if you're going to fight for God's will for your life, either you're going to fight for it or fight against it. Mm-hmm. So I was at a point where I was like, okay, God, I broke it with him so many times. I was like, either I'm fighting for your will or I'm fighting against it. Either way, I'm fighting and I don't know what to do. And there's just really this scene, I mean, Alice in Wonderland, the cartoon, Oh, where yes. she's in the forest, she's in the forest, and a little dog comes, and there's this red pathway, uh-huh. and he sweeps broom, it all. The, the broom, broom dog, the broom yeah. dog. Thank you. Yeah, he sweeps it all away, and all she is is on a square. Uh-huh. So I remember being in my townhouse, crying out to the Lord because I'm so confused, I don't understand. And I saw me standing how she was, like she had all these paths. Then all of a sudden, the broom dog comes and sweeps every way, and I'm like, you can't go forward, back, or either side. You're you're just on a square. My Lord, I've served you. I've surrendered to you. I went to counseling. Like, I'm not living in sin with this boy. Like, what is the deal? Like, I don't understand. And I told him. We don't even make out. And we don't even make out anymore. Like, what is the deal? And I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's like, when you can't go forward or back and you can't go left or right, you get on your knees and just surrender and worship me. And I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. But I knew something within me broke that I can't make this happen. That God, if this is going to be you, I'm going to surrender it to you because obviously I'm not getting anywhere. And then with not shortly after that was when God really began to speak to my parents. And I actually had a vision of two men of God coming to our church that they've never come to the church at the, at the together at the same time. And one of them, who was a legit prophet, like called out Paul like on first the first service. And I remember my mom telling me, because dad and I got into it, but me and my mom, it was constant. God bless. We're, we're fine now. But I remember <laughs> oh, my mother daughter oh, mother-daughter relationship. <laughs> I remember my mom saying, Lindsay, if this is really the Lord, he's going to have to bring a man like so-and-so to come to this house and give Paul a word. Well, at that point, I hadn't had that dream or vision. And when I did, I didn't tell anybody because I'm like, that's just me wishful thinking. Yeah. When I found out they were coming and that happened, that was when. You know, and I, we have people here that have been here at this church for a bazillion years, and they said that that was one of the strongest words they've ever heard spoken over someone. And to this day, Paul is walking in the fullness wow. of what that of what that word was. So that so, so that minister that you had the vision of ended up coming yeah, to the church coming, and yeah. called Paul out. Mm-hmm. And so was the other man that that I saw in the vision too. And you, they haven't been at this. They have not come to the church at the same time since. Wow. And so, well, can you share the the word that was spoken? Yeah, um, in a nutshell. Well, yeah. It was kind of linked, but basically it was, um, I've called you to be a builder of this house. I have called you, um, every word that's come against you, I just command it to come to nothing. Because when we were dating, he had all kind of people saying stuff against him mm. that could have destroyed, I mean, it, it destroyed me, but it built him. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, husband, or at that time, boyfriend, like, you're legit. Um, he talked about that um, that God was about to put him through a spiritual boot camp, that um, his calling and his purpose were about to come to complete fruition. Um, 
there were so many other things that were spoken. My mind's drawing a blank, but it basically was just his calling. Yeah. And and Paul's always struggled. Like, God, what am I supposed to do? He yeah. was in physical therapy for so long. And he knew with being with me, like he's not going to ride my coattails or my pastor's, you know, my dad's name. Like, And Paul was never in it for that. He mm-hmm. was never like, he just wasn't that way about how a lot of people are, whether it's yeah. ministry or business. You know, we just want the name of whatever. Paul was never that way. And so that was another reason why I was so attracted to him because none of that intimidated him or mm-hmm. he didn't want, want me just for that. But it was basically his calling and just prophesying over his future and the type of man he would become. And so what did your parents say after that? that? That was the first time they were open to it. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's just a little, for the longest time they thought it was just a little fling with me and Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they heard that and they saw how unwavering I was, they were like, all right, she can really hear from God on this. You yeah. Know? So. That's amazing. Yeah. And y'all just celebrated six years of marriage. Yes. And you have a little one. Yes. And, and a little one on the way. A little one on the way. Ah. Yes. yes. So Oliver is two. He'll be three in October. Okay, and then you're due in August. August. Is that right? Yes, yes. <gasps> so exciting. <laughs> yes, we are so excited. <laughs> and especially more excited because then I'm due three weeks later. Yes, <laughs> you guys heard it on Get Up Girl podcast. Leanne, Leanne is pregnant. Preggers, guys. She's preggers. Bless her heart. Sitting She's right had here a on rough, floor. <laughs> She's had a rough trimester. But yeah, we're due three Lord. weeks apart. Yes, that's so, so exciting. Which I know. You know... Like when Philip and I first found out we were pregnant, oh, we were shocked. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, God, what's happening? Um, but our first, like, stem of excitement, because it took us a couple weeks to get mm-hmm. over, like, process. this is happening, yeah. um, was I was like, oh, my gosh, Lindsay and I have to be, like, neck and neck yeah. mm-hmm. in this thing. Mm-hmm. And we got really excited that, like, the cousins will grow up yes. together. Oh, Like, yes. super close. Yes. So. We are very excited. Yeah. It's step yeah. Well, if I can get through these first, um, you will twelve weeks. You're you're making it. <laughs> Two Bless weeks her heart. left. The other day, she uh she threw up like three times within the hour. Yeah. And there then another time she was sick for like an entire week, and I was which I haven't thrown up like she has. But Philip was out of town, and so my husband was like, "Babe, like, have you checked on Leanne? Have you brought her anything?" I'm like, "Dude." I'm barely keeping myself <laughs> together. So it's a fun, it's definitely going it to be a no fun It is no joke. Season. Yeah. You're growing a whole human. It is no joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still weird. It's funny because it's like, I still catch myself. I mean, where I'm, I'm almost 10 weeks, which by the time this podcast comes out, I might be out of yeah. the 12 weeks. I don't know, but, um, Hallelujah. yeah, but I still catch myself on days like, Am I really pregnant? Mm-hmm. Should I go back to the doctor and check? Like, yeah, but you took how many pregnancy tests? I took well, I took four. Yeah. She bought cheap ones, and she th- thinks <laughs> the cheap ones don't work, so she went and bought the expensive ones, and bless her heart, she had to take, like, four pregnancy tests. Yeah. And then even after those four, I was like, until a doctor tells me I'm pregnant. I'm not believing I'm not it. pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And then my doctor was like, I mean, you don't really get four. Yeah. False positives. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it's happening. It and is I'm, happening. Where I'm, I'm so excited. Yes. Now, so yes. that's gonna be fun. Yay. Um. Well, I mean, obviously, we're biased to our husbands, but um, so much of like what you said in Paul, yeah, and how he reacted to things. Um, Philip is a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. So I just think you and I just got really 
Girl, yeah, we did. Really lucky. And I'll talk to Paul sometimes because we obviously do a lot with young adults and we talk with a lot of, we don't counsel young adults because we're not counselors, but we do talk with a lot of them. And I'm like, man, we are so blessed. Yeah. Like just, I mean, we have things and we have disagreements and stuff, but man, just to see what other people go through. And one thing Paul told me, which I didn't really see it at the time. He said, Lindsay, before we were married, you and I really dealt with ourselves yeah. So when we got married, we have marital marital things to deal with, but we never had a mm-hmm. lot of those past. We didn't bring a lot of our baggage because we checked a lot of our baggage before we got married. Yeah. Um. Even before we were dating, like we just we just had a season of of just time with the Lord, and mm-hmm. so I just encourage you, if you are single, just a little side note, like get with the Lord and like deal with your stuff. Get into mm-hmm. a small group. Get because I'm telling you, your husband will thank you. And you'll even thank yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you'll thank yourself later. <laughs> that um, is just dealing with very your stuff. Very true. And if you are married, like, go to counseling. Like, mm-hmm. we want your marriage to work. So, mm-hmm. anyway, little side note. Yeah, I agree with that. And I love, you know, <laughs> when the four of us are together. Because, you know, I don't know how Paul lucked out, but mm-hmm. he got the hair gene in yeah. the family. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so, congratulations yeah. to that. Uh-huh. Um, and so sometimes I'll just be like, Paul, can I just run my fingers through your hair? Yeah. Just, like, bless Philip. Yeah. Love him. Now, when Philip and I met, he had a full head of hair. Yeah. But, um, and so, like, and then Philip will walk in, like, in a t-shirt or a tank top, and you'll be like, God, Philip, you're so hot. Listen, Philip, <laughs> yeah, Philip's, I mean, I love my husband's body. Don't get me wrong. But Philip, like, he just has really nice shoulders. He does. And especially, I mean, I can say that to a, to a degree. Uh, cause it'd be weird, but like, he's got this awesome tattoo and Philip, I mean, you know, he's got great arms, he especially does. in summertime yes. when he wears his Ooh. little, um, tank tops. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Lee, and you're already pregnant. <laughs> um, but like he does, he just has a really nice, he just has a nice build. I think that Oliver may be built like him. Oh. Which is also something where like my son looks like Philip. He does. It's really creepy. It's it really creepy. <laughs> I mean, he's a bussy. I mean, he looks like a bussy. He acts like me. But there's moments where I'm like... And everyone says it. Yes. Oh, I know. Philip will randomly call, how's my son doing? I'm like, all right, boy. Like, you can't... Yeah. No. Yeah. But it's fun. It's fun. Maybe this one, it'll look like... I don't know. Maybe it'll look like you. (laughs) You don't want to look like the bussy boys. Especially if it's a girl. I don't think I have any any stake in that game. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, When do you find out if it's a boy or girl? Well, I already took a test, uh, the blood test. So we're actually, my sister's going to know. But we're actually going to find out on Paul's birthday, which is March 5th. And we're just (gasps) going to do just fame. Mm -hmm. What's today? Oh, today's Valentine's Day. Yeah, today's Valentine's Day. So, um, yeah, we're just doing family. Like our first one, we had like all kinds of friends, like close friends and stuff. But for this next one, like we just we just want our family, so uh-huh. we're just gonna have a really simple cake, and we may do the the confetti stuff, but so that's like three weeks. Three weeks. Are you are you hoping for one, or are you just no? Kind of like so whatever? we desire three. So we want two boys and a girl. Okay. Our names are well, obviously Oliver Samuel, John Michael, and Becca Grace is our names. Oh. So I I I kind of want this one to be a girl, just because if this one's a boy again. I don't know what my changes are on having a girl on the third time. So me just being like my desire would be, I would love for this one to be a girl. Uh-huh. Um, but I just, I don't know. Because uh-huh. I have names picked out for either one. Because right. we want three. So right. I don't know. I don't okay. know. We'll see. We'll find out very soon. Well, I just want you to know if it is a girl. Because for years, 
Yeah. I've had the competition going, yes. I'm going to have the first bussy girl. Yes. yes. But I want you to know, and I'm going to say this publicly on a microphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that if you do have the first bussy girl, I will be thrilled. Oh, I know you will be. God has a way of just blowing our minds. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I think to just... When you get to a place, which we talked about this before we started recording, but just you get to a place of contentment and you're just like, you get out of your funk of disappointment, your funk of frustration, Mm -hmm. your funk of things aren't happening like you thought because of unrealistic expectation, unmet expectation. But you realize that, God, you're not punishing me. You're not holding things out for me. Like you really have my best interest. And I think when you get to that point, I mean, I, I had this for my 34th birthday which you were there it was just family we went to crawfish yeah. and had ice cream and it was the best day of my life oh and I kept it all down I you was kept so no glad. throw up you did not throw <laughs> up but that but for me just going with my, my brothers and sisters it was just it was so low-key and so fun and it was that weekend for the first time in 34 years where I realized how rich I was yeah that for the first time in my entire life I'm not looking at what I'm lacking mm. which I've always wanted to get to that place of contentment because it's like God I want all that you have for me but how do you desire more from the Lord or more to do more for him and with him, but still, you know, be content. So I just think it's really, really cool how, and there's some things that you're, you know, walking through that you're mm. just, you don't know, but you know, there's something coming and yeah. there's an, and I told you this at New Year's Eve, like for the first time in a really long time, you're excited mm-hmm. about your life. Cause you have, you've had your own challenges you've walked through. And so I think part of that is with the baby. Mm-hmm. that's going to bring a whole other thing to you so it's just exciting to be sisters yeah <laughs> um to be walking through a very similar situation with babies um but just in life so I'm, just, I'm very thankful and I'm very proud of of what you're doing and oh, how you. you're walking it and watching you trust watching you struggle but I mean it's like the title of your podcast you're getting back up and you're keep putting you keep putting one foot in front of the other so I'm excited to see where God's yeah. taking you and Philip and Thanks. Your little bambino. Yeah, our little bean. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That is, yes. that's very encouraging. I appreciate that. And I, you know, when you told me that at Crawfish the other night that you felt like you just, you felt like God gave you a big hug. Those were your yes. words. Yes. And that's interesting because I told Philip after, what night did you preach? Friday, Friday night, night at mm-hmm. True Image. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got home that night, you know, he asked me how the conference yeah. was and it was great. How was worship? It was great. How'd Lindsay do? And I paused, like I didn't answer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh no. Like he, he was thinking like, I was about to say like, well, she kind of, you know, and, and he was like, oh no. And I said, oh no, 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 no. I was like, I said, I'm trying to find the right way to put it. Yeah. I literally told him, I said, her message was fine. It mm-hmm. was, it was good. And I said, but there was something different in how she communicated. Mm-hmm. I said, her demeanor was different. Mm-hmm. Your voice was different. Mm-hmm. Like and I was trying to, and Philip was like, okay, I literally told him, I said, I don't know, something about her seemed free. Yeah. And I said, and I've, I haven't seen that mm-hmm. yet in her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you told me that two days later. Yeah. At yeah. Well, but it's like, true though. Like, it's so interesting. Because there were some things. So I recently finished counseling a second round for completely different stuff. Um, but that's for another time. But. My counselor told me because of what was coming up, he's like, you know, the Lord led you to wilderness. He led you through the wilderness. He's leading mm-hmm. you out of the wilderness. He goes, I really, because there was just some personal things. I just was struggling and I could not. And God used Marquita, um, Anthony, who came yeah. to minister. God used her words 
to, it was almost like, the way she described it was that there was like a spiritual cancerous tumor Mm. that I just, I was, I just kept nursing it. And so she described like when she had the same thing, how God just took a scalpel and just like cut all that out of her. And I told her that's what God did through her, by her words to me, which were not easy to hear. Mm-hmm. But I welcomed it because I welcomed truth. I welcomed God's truth. And yeah. so God was able to use her. And that's exactly what I felt. Like I believe that that weekend brought me freedom. My cousin Callie noticed it. Um, Callie, my friend Amy we love you, it. Callie. Yeah, they both were like, your countenance is so different. Like yeah. what happened? And, um, and so people that really know me and know what some of those struggles were, which you've, you've known some of that too, mm-hmm. like you, you sensed it because mm-hmm. you knew those places of my heart that were longing to be free, but I just didn't know how. And the thing that Marquita told me, which is so powerful, she said, sometimes we just need someone to take that step with us. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take this step with you. And that's. That was it. So yeah. it was definitely, and I felt more like myself. And I had a few other people, some of my mentors said the same thing, that you communicated in a whole other arena, like the freedom, mm-hmm. the confidence, the, you know. So yeah. I mean, when, you, when you've when you done something, you know you're called to do something, but then you're questioning everything. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> but it was awesome. And so I, for me, it was just, yeah, it was a weekend of major freedom. And yeah. I'm just, now that I have it, um wanting to give that to everybody. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, girl. Um, so I have a couple of advice questions because yep. you've walked through a lot. Yeah. Um, your testimony is jam-packed, yep. so which we could talk for hours mm-hmm. about that. But um, the, the, I have three big advice yeah. questions. Yep. So my first one, um, and I think you kind of touched on this a little bit ago, but what is some advice that you would give um, to a young girl or, or a woman still carrying any abuse or sexual molestation in her past? I would definitely go find, prayerfully. If you have a spiritual mentor or someone you look up to, just to go talk to them. Like, it's got to be someone you trust. Um, sometimes I think we need counseling, like legit Christian counseling. And I think sometimes we just need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, oh my gosh, I just need to go to a counselor. Um, maybe so, maybe not. It just depends on, on what you need, but I would definitely pray and say, Lord, show me somebody that I can talk to because that abuse, that trauma, all the junk you feel, I am telling you that's going to come up in Mm -hmm. other places and it's better that you deal with it while you can. Um, and I talked to a lady months ago, she was in her seventies and she was abused by her father Mm. and I'm supposed to be actually meeting with her after conference. Well, we just finished it. But she said, you know, your parents told me to come talk to you. And this is wow. a 70 year old woman. Yeah. And she's like, it has, in her words, where it has jacked up every relationship I've ever had. Gosh. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the longer you, you keep that in. So here I'm thinking, here I'm a 30 year old. She's like almost twice my age. Yeah. And she's asking me, for freedom. Like, mm-hmm. how do we do this? So I think that's very humbling. So if you're older, don't despise a younger person yeah, because they could be the very one that helps unlock things in you because you've said that the generations, we need each other. And especially if you're younger, I mean, it's kind of easy to talk to somebody, but you don't want somebody that's going to nurse your wound. Yeah, You want someone that's going to help you heal it. So mm, I like that. Okay. 
what is some advice that you would give to a young woman mm-hmm. um, of any age? But I'm, my mind kind of went to like teenage or young adult. Yeah. Um, but it could be any age. Um, but what is some advice that you would give to her that has been um, in a sexually active relationship and yeah. is trying to, to break free of that? If you want to do it the right way, which I think you should, um, and Jesus thinks so too, <laughs> ask your person like that you're dating, hey, I want to do this the right way. You know, like, do you, if you want to do this the right way, like, we stop having sex, we get counseling, we get married. Um, but if you're just in it just for casual sex, like, you're every time you do that, you're stripping pieces of yourself away. And you're stripping your value. And you're, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but it's true. Like, you could be with somebody else's husband. Yeah. You know, so I, I would advise you find somebody that can help hold you accountable. And again, it's not necessarily in a counseling form. It's just... Did you block his number? Did you get a new phone number? Did you throw away all of his stuff? And on my podcast, I talk about that on Soul Ties. Mm-hmm. There's actually, I give some specifics of practicalities of things you can do to get out of those types of relationships. Just, But it's, it's under Lindsay Bussey podcast and it's under Soul Ties. Because mm-hmm. I think I do two, two podcasts and then I do some questions that can just help you give practical things on that. Okay. Okay. And then my last advice question, mm-hmm. um, what is some advice that you would give to a woman in leadership, whether that be in her church or yeah. maybe she's a small group leader or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, any type of leadership who has fallen? Ooh, like fallen and is not getting back up or fallen um, and wants to get back up, doesn't know how or all of the above. Maybe all, all of, of the, the above. maybe all of the above. So like, well, kind of, I guess where that question came from was what sparked it was when you said that. And I, you know, your, your dad is the pastor yeah. here of this church. So it was pretty public yeah. and you were the youth pastor and yeah. things like that. But you were talking about the whispers the whispers, yeah. and how you got that nasty email from yeah. that mom yeah. and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so for a woman, which just makes me irate, yeah. but, um, so I guess like my vision for that question is a woman who, um, maybe has made you know, is in leadership yeah. in the church uh-huh. and has made some kind of mistake yeah. and is walking through some of that same yeah. stuff. I would advise you if you're in leadership, um, you're not to be perfect. So first off, let's get that, like, stop putting pressure on yourself to be perfect. If you've done a mistake and it's over and done with, then if you feel that you need to go and tell your leadership, I personally, because I don't like secrets, I would. Hey, this happened way back when. Because if to me, if they're a true pastor and a true shepherd, like, they're not going to excommunicate you from the church. Mm-hmm. They're going to walk you through that. But to me... If I, which I am to a certain degree in leadership at, at our church, if someone came to me and said that, I, it's going to show me that, man, they really are trying to live right and they yeah. don't want to hide anything. And that, for me, is going to look me cause me to look at them in more tr- a trustworthy manner because they're coming and saying, hey, this is a problem or this happened. If you're in leadership and it's an ongoing thing, you need to go to leadership. And again, there's leadership that abuse it, leadership that doesn't do things right. My leadership's not perfect, but they're godly, and I trust them. I submit yeah. to that, that I can come to them. So I would say if there is something going on presently, no matter what it is, like maybe it's a struggle or maybe maybe you need counseling. Like I don't know what your situation could be, but for your own sake, as an individual, if you're married, for your family, it's better to take a step back and receive healing 
because rather than continue to walk in this brokenness and walk in this darkness because the word of God's clear sin will find you out. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather you expose it than have it expose you yeah. as a sister. Yeah, that's good. So I like that. Okay, and last thing before we get to our fun questions, I want to talk about your podcast. Yes. So you also have a podcast. Yes. The Lindsay Bussey yes. Podcast. Yes. Um, and you've had you've had a couple interviews on there, and then you've yes. talked about, well, your most recent one was on Soul Ties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to link that in the show yep. notes okay. so people can find your podcast. Yep. But what, what inspired that for you to do that? So when I was youth pastor, I was communicating like three times a week for 10 years. Um, and so recently, like my only communication as far as teaching the word of God is when I go to mercy once a month and, um, I have life groups, which let's pause. Mercy is what? Mercy, mercy multiplied is a, started as a home in in Monroe where troubled girls would go to. It's free of charge, no government assistance. And basically Mm -hmm. it's like a nine month program Mm -hmm. that you just go, you live at these homes and whatever your issue is, you get counseling, you get freedom, you, it's incredible. Yeah, and they have multiple homes across they have the country. Homes, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you go over to Monroe, I go to once, Monroe a once a month. Once a month, and I minister. And so I also do life groups, and I love giving stuff away. I love like what I'm doing now. Like I just want. I've never wanted to just be like oh, I want to be an influencer. No, I just want people <laughs> to be free. And so I was getting all these girls at my church who were like struggling, and I, I I'm in a season now. I can't mentor like I used to because now my family's growing, and I just. I work full time. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, Lord, what can I do to just, you know, these girls are asking me questions and it's not all the time, but when it does come, it's like heaps of it. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people have respected from me and and love to learn from me is leadership stuff. And so I started doing a podcast. I was like, Lord, I don't have to get all dressed up for it. I can look a hot mess. (laughs) Um, as both of us do at the yeah, moment. right now. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to do something that could just be an encouragement. And um, it's been really, really awesome, the mm-hmm. feedback I've gotten from people because I am so transparent with everything. And so I haven't recorded in the past couple of months because this pregnancy has done a thing for me. Yeah. But I'm launching back up at the end of February. Oh, good. Um, and so we're going to be talking about leadership stuff, um, um, like authority, like how do you submit to authority when you disagree um, so I just really get a, a lot of, um, it's just things I try to share what I'm really, what I've overcome when I'm walking through it. I try not to share a whole lot because my heart might not be right. And it might be bitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I heard a saying one time, like, don't ever speak like when your heart's bitter. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but yeah, I just, I just felt, and it wasn't like God, like go do this podcast or anything like that. It was just. I'm not, I'm just doing this because I want to encourage people and mm-hmm. I can't go to coffee with everybody. So I try to keep it as light and funny yeah, and as raw and transparent as I possibly can. Yeah. And that it is. Mm-hmm. And you had your mom, I had my mom on there, there, right? Yeah. So y'all talked about motherhood. Motherhood, marriage, and ministry. Yeah. Um, you came on there. We talked about your yeah. testimony. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but it's just, it's just girls. I mean, it's not really, I mean, for me, I am married. I am a mom and I am in ministry. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my my thing, but ministry is not your platform. Ministry is your life. It's your sphere of influence. And, you know, I've I've taken a lot of step backs as far as ministering to people because that was always my identity issue. And so when I stopped doing that, part of my heart, like, quit beating in a way because I love ministering to women. I love ministering to girls. And so I'm like, well, if this is the only outlet, it's easy. I love it. I have years of experience. So... 
why not just share? And, I, and wherever God does, I don't know. I just want to be an encouragement. So it'll be once a month podcast that'll go out. Um, if I do more, great. But I just, I know I can commit to that because I'm about to be a mom of two. Yep. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, that's what it is. And I'm yeah. excited about it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll link uh, to your podcast in okay. the show notes so people can find you there. Okay. Um, okay, so now our wrap-up questions, yes. our fun questions. Yes. Um, in the life of Lindsay Bussey, what are three things that you do every day? I talk to myself. Okay. <laughs> I have to have In what talks. ways? Like, <laughs> let me clarify. I, um, I'm such a woo person. Like, hey, everybody. Sometimes I have just to, like, call my, like, just talk to myself mm-hmm. and, like, tell myself, like, the word. Tell myself to get it together. Tell myself to get over myself. Like, it's not all about you, Lindsay. So I constantly talk to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in the car, like, talking to myself. Um, something <laughs> else that I do every day. Um, so I'm really big on this whole momhood thing. So I praise the mess out of my son. So mm-hmm. if he puts something up or he does something or he... I try every way to praise him now Mm -hmm. you know we still we're getting to some paddling stages which if you don't do that that's on you don't come for me because we raise our kids differently um but (laughs) no um, no judgment here yeah no judgment but I um I really am I I am very intentional with my son Mm -hmm. like every day I'm telling him how incredible he is how awesome he is um just I'm really embracing this mom thing, which is yeah. really weird because I didn't want to be a mom. And now I am one. Like, I love it. Really? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be a mom. I'll be a cool aunt. Yeah. Being a kid's responsible. Oh, who are you telling? Yeah. Like, I'm barely responsible for myself, let alone another <laughs> human being. Yeah. Um, so I would say I talk to myself often. Um, and then I do things crazy, like just loving my son and praising my son. Um, and then another thing, I mean, there's obviously all kind of spiritual answers, but I don't want to give those. Um, cause it's like obvious, like talking to the Lord, like right. journal, all that stuff. Well, I will, this is not, it can be spiritual. I journal all the time. Do you, gosh, I need to, I don't, I need to. I, um, I have, I've, I've been journaling for years and that is something I always end my day with mm-hmm. is I'll talk, if I talk with the Lord or if I'm too sleepy or like, God, I love you so much, but I will always Almost, almost every single day, I write something in my journal, something really crappy that happened that I need to deal with mm-hmm. for somebody or myself or something really exciting. But so, yeah, I, three random things. I talk to myself. I praise my son and just be being present with my son. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I journal, journal every, almost every single day. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I need to do random that. Random things. Uh, okay, what are what are you reading right now? Or if you're not reading right now, what are some books that have impacted you? Um, right now, I'm the only book I'm reading is called The Divine Mentor by Wayne Cordero. Okay. Um, he is it. He's such a, a great author. He's a pastor in Hawaii, but he um, he's making the Bible come alive to me in a way I haven't seen it before. And so um, when I'm finished with this, I plan on just taking some time and just reading the Bible because mm-hmm. there's all kind of resources, there's all kind of devotions, there's all kind of podcasts out there. But I think for a while I got really lost in other people's words and I didn't get lost in God's words. Yeah. And so I just, I feel for me just in this season, I plan on just really looking at the Bible in the way that he talks about it. Like mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, people that wrote the Bible, um, say Paul, for instance, 
it, he's a, he, he, he makes you visualize you going to coffee with Paul. Wow. And Paul mentoring you. And so it's just, the way he talks about it is just really, really, really cool to me. But a book that just recently changed my life that I'm like telling everyone about is called Sacred Rest by Dr. Uh, Dalton Smith. Sacred Rest? Sacred Rest. And 2019, because I, I finished counseling up um, just a few weeks ago, I went to counseling for about six months and um, really dealt with Lindsay because I've had so much um, in my life transitions and it's most of the things that, that he brought out to me was Lindsay. Most of these things happen over like period people's lifetime. This happened like back to back, back to back, back to back. So you never had a chance to process. Mm-hmm. So my sexual stuff was dealt with, but now this was like all these other things. And so I learned how to rest. And so my dad's secretary, Linda, actually told me about this book. Like, I'm not reading that. First chapter, I am bawling like a baby. <laughs> she is a Christian and she is a doctor. And so she meshes, which is beautiful, science and God. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. But there's actually seven different types of rests that you need. Huh. And you take a rest test to see where you're the most deficient. A rest test. A rest test. Oh, Lord, and I'd be so scared to take that There's day. emotional rest. There's um, physical rest. There's mental rest, sensory rest. And there's three other rest that aren't coming to my brain. But I I realized that I I took the test and it was like, this is why I'm so depleted. Oh, yeah. And so, because when and we've talked about that, uh, Leanne's like the Monica Geller on Friends. Like, <laughs> but so much more. So Leanne. I know. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not at all that way, but both of us equate rest to laziness. Like yes. if we're not doing anything, we think we're being unproductive and being lazy and we yes. don't like that. So, and that's how I thought rest was when I read that book. It was a hard book to read, not because she's using all these big words, but it was just because you're realizing, dang, I don't rest. Yeah. And so that book I read, I think I finished it um, December or January, and it, it has completely changed my life. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at that one. I'm yeah. nervous to look at that one. No, but, but it, it just, but I think now just in the season you're in, mm-hmm. it's. I'm telling you, learning how to rest and learning what type of rest you need Yeah, is like my number one depletion was emotional. Huh. I give out so much emotionally, but I don't, I don't receive it back into me. And like, I was scraping at the bottom of the barrel. It was so bad. Mm -hmm. So I'd also like to say, I love that you, and I think this is something to be noted, (laughs) That counseling is not like a one-time thing in your life. Like mm-hmm. you've mentioned several times, just yeah. us here talking, how many times you've yeah. been to counseling, mm-hmm. and so, and I think that's important because I well, first of all, I think counseling gets a bad yep. rap because mm-hmm. it's like it something's does. wrong I think with if you. you. Do yeah, well, yeah. Well, if you if you go to the wrong person, it can jack you up. But well, no, yeah, I think you need counseling because it's not yeah. enough just go read your Bible and pray. And right. that was for me. Like I needed a practical way to help me process mm-hmm. things and I even like my parents at first were like you're doing what and I'm like I need this trust me I need, my husband's like you're going Pastor John yeah. did not give me an option um <laughs> and so but it was the best thing for me and I told the guy he's like I may see you in about six months just to do a checkup just to yeah you know so no I think counseling a therapy therapist whatever to have so and especially when you're like for me I can't talk to anybody here at my church because everybody right. knows me. You, yeah. So to have somebody that you're knows too nothing. Close. Yes, you're too familiar. People know stuff. I don't trust people. 
Um, but to go to somebody that I knew could be trustworthy, that I mm-hmm. can get all this out. And he just brought out things for me that I've always focused on my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Always. And he's like, no, ma'am, do you not realize what your strengths are? But my whole life I focused where I was weak. So anyway, I think counseling's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and that it's not just, you don't just go to counseling because something's air quote wrong with you. Yes. And I think that's kind of like how people look at it yeah. a lot, especially like in the in the church, yeah. like the Christian community kind of like, oh, she's in counseling. What's wrong? You exactly. know, and it's like, it's like, yeah, girl, you go to counseling, like yeah. you go get yours. And I think that's something I just don't care. And I was never against it. Yeah. I just didn't think, I just didn't think about it. But when mm-hmm. it was brought to me and basically given me no other option, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not anti this whatsoever. I know counseling works, but it yeah. was just making sure you go to the right person. Yeah. Um, and not looking to that person to be your crutch because God used him to minister to me, to speak to me, mm-hmm. to empower me. Um, but it's not just on the words of my counselor. It was, he was speaking God's word over me too, as well as giving me practical, yeah, practical things to help me. So when I face these things, I'm like, oh my God, my counselor, what do I do? I know what to do. I know what to do spiritually, but now I know what to do practically. And you put those two together. Yep. It's awesome. It's it is. Yep. Okay. Um, last question. Wait, did you have any other books? Was that, nope. were you done with books? No, S- Sacred Rest would be the one that's the most recent changed my life. Yeah. Okay. And we'll link all the books in the show okay. notes too. Um, last fun question. What are two things about you that may surprise people? Oh my god. Well, we just learned you love to make out. I do love to make out. But you out. can't use that one. Yeah, I can't <laughs> use that one. Dang. You don't make out with your husband every day? That's not one of your three things? <laughs> It is not all the time. <laughs> no, we're too tired now. Um, but I think one of the things that may, ooh, I don't know if this is like a shocker. I mean, like I don't find myself really interesting. Oh my god! No, no, I really don't. I'm like, oh, I love cooking. I don't know if that's like a. I love cooking. I love trying new things. That may surprise people because, but they don't turn out pretty. Like, my food tastes delicious, but it just doesn't oh, look pretty. You're, what's that thing you make at Thanksgiving? Those baked beans? Those baked beans. With, that's like that's like four ingredients, Leanne. I don't even care. I mean, it's so good. Oliver can make those. <laughs> um, I do love cooking. Um, another thing about me, mm, this may be a little deep, but it's people might not know. So I am such a words of encouragement. Like, I love giving that. Oh, I love yeah. giving that to people. But I also love receiving that. Uh-huh. So I think when people, it's like, I think gifts are great, mm-hmm. but I really, I, my, and I told you this earlier, I just want to make a difference in people's lives. And so yeah. I think one of my greatest joys is to have people tell me that I, my little influence in their life, whatever season or how long it was, just caused them to love Jesus more. Like mm-hmm. I love, I love testimonies and I love knowing that people that my little influence, you know, on their kid back in youth, you know, or whatever, that it just yeah. it impacted them. And, and I like to be told, you know, like the, this weekend at conference, everyone was like, Lindsay, you're so loved. You're so loved. Yeah. Like just knowing um, I'm a very strong person, but I'm also very sensitive too. Mm-hmm. So I think people can think, oh my gosh, she's so this, she's so that. I'm like, yeah, I'm a strong person, but I'm very sensitive. <laughs> very yeah. sensitive. So that might be something that shocks people. But I like... I like words of affirmation to yeah. me. Like gifts are great. That's nice. But write me cards. 
write me cards. I love cards. Noted. Yep. Lindsay loves cards, people. Lindsay loves cards. We'll put your yes. home address in the show notes. Yeah. No. Do the church address. <laughs> we won't do that. But yeah, it was fun. This was really fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast yes. today. And yes. my sister from another mistle. Yes. Bussy babes. <laughs> Bussy babes. Are pregnant with Bussy babes. Oh my gosh. Could be a t-shirt. That could be a t-shirt. Bussy babes. I was going to say Bussy babes are back, but no, that's way better. Yeah. Bussy, Bussy babes. babes. With, with Bussy. Bus- yeah. <laughs> Whatever I said. Go back and rewind. Whatever I said. Yes. So good. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Um, thanks, and thanks for just being open and honest and yeah. sharing your testimony and um, how yeah. God has just shown you things and yeah, launched you. Still showing me things, girl. Oh, yeah. I pray, I pray he always shows us things. Yes. Be better. Be better. <laughs> you better be listening. Right. So. All right, friends, that was my sister, Lindsay Bussey. I hope you enjoyed our chat today. Thank y'all so much for stopping by. And before you leave, go take a look at our show notes. We're going to have a lot of great links there for you to check out. We're going to have a link to Lindsay's podcast. So make sure you listen to that, subscribe, and give her a five-star rating. I think you'll find a lot of encouragement there. We're going to put a link to Lindsay's ministry, True Image. This is the ministry that God birthed in her heart about 15 years ago as she was coming out of her own trial. Um, a ton of great resources there for you. Books, audio, all kinds of things. We're going to link on how to connect with Lindsay on social media. And also, we're going to put a link to Nancy Alcorn's ministry, Mercy Multiplied. Mercy Multiplied is a ministry for young girls coming out of trouble situations. They have homes all across the globe, but we happen to have one right down the road here in Monroe, Louisiana. And Lindsay gets to go over once a month and minister and love on those girls that are in the Mercy Multiplied program. So make sure you go check them out and see what great things they're doing all across the world. And last but not least, please make sure that you rate and review and subscribe to the Get Up Girl podcast. Um, We want to know how this podcast is encouraging you or inspiring you. It just gives us some fuel to keep going. Um, Also, anytime you give us a rating, it helps people find us a little bit easier. So that's important. And we also want you to share this podcast with your friends. Share it on your Facebook or your social media or in your network of friends. Um, We just want to spread some encouragement everywhere we go. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for coming today. And we will see you next time.